This is TNNX. How are you doing, Scott? How's it going? Hi, Grant. What about yourself? You all right? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. We've uh, just finished recording this Friday's episode where yeah. we both... Uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't checked it out yet, we both stayed where we are. Are, are, you, are you listening to Kylie much? Do you get to hear much of Kylie through the weeks and stuff? Or are you kind of purely at the minute just based on like sort of the, the stuff already in your brain? Weirdly enough, what I usually do when I'm getting into the car and I'm going somewhere at the moment, I'm shuffling our TNN 2001 playlist mm-hmm. and listening and trying to look and see where I skip because I'm trying to figure out what I have gone past too quickly or what I've, I've skipped and maybe done a bit of an unjust too which actually turns out um, Artful Dodger with Melanie Blatt 24-7 absolutely love it now mm. still wouldn't have been an episode winner but something I call pretty complex I think I've actually become a big sucker for Harp and then I realised how close it was to a Craig David track and actually I like the Melanie Blatt Harp track more but i uh, trying to think what else but what it did then this week is I decided I'm going to go into the 2000s again and go backwards and and see what we've kind of come through because I think we've gone through a lot of songs yeah. so far trying to remember and see where I'm skipping and things too and some Kylie did come up and I didn't get to spin it around but I did do um, On A Night Like This oh, and I do find that actually Kylie gets the most play mm. so Kylie gets I play I play Kylie before like, I'm a skipper to get me through a full four minute song it's difficult Kylie gets lots of play weirdly enough Sunshine Anderson heard it all before mm. keep that on mm. and play most of that um, I definitely I definitely have got a vibe these days but 2000 really impressive but Kylie Kylie gets a lot of attention to answer your question yeah yeah sure uh, I at the minute I'm producing a music program at weekends on BBC Newcastle with Kelly Scott who is lovely hello and um, yeah it's it's the first music show I've done for a while so cause I, I do a lot of like speech stuff or sports stuff mm-hmm. doing a, a music show again and getting some juicy noughties bangers recently on Saturday show just gone we had DB Boulevard point of view oh, which we're coming yeah. up to uh, is it before the end of this year or start of next year either way it's a, it's a it's a big track that, it, that I, I, I'm excited about uh-huh. I was convinced at the time that that was Jerry Halliwell singing on that you know oh really yeah and lots of people were too it was so strange oh, I suppose yeah, there's, yeah there's, 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 there's a similar register there yeah it totally isn't and the, <laughs> the and the week before we had um, Shakedown at Night. Oh, jam. Which I adore. Mm-hmm. At Creamfields, the last Creamfields we got to go to, me and Nathan in 2019, I think it was, Peggy Goo did a set oh. that I was just loving life for. I think Nathan, because he's more of like a sort of traditional trans person or like, you know, that kind of like more commercial. I like all the underground stuff because I'm a hipster and I'm, I'm just so cool like that. <laughs> yeah, P- Peggy Goo played her remix and she's got a really great like acid remix of um, Shakedown at Night that she t- she dropped mm-hmm. and it was incredible. And um, ever since then, I've just been besotted by it. So whenever Shakedown at Night comes on, either through my own Spotify or on the radio or whatever, I just lose my shit. Lose my shit. So I'm looking forward to getting to that. I still love it. Have you ever seen the video for it? Uh, I don't. I don't. I'm, I can't recall it. No, I'm not sure. A vampire kind of family outside a in a caravan, moonbathing uh, in a forest. <laughs> pretty much. It was pretty. It was. It was good. Like it actually works really well at Halloween yeah. on the music channels. But I still love it. I was obsessed with that track. Big, yeah. big track. Great one. I've I've just been doing a lot of flitting about recently in in terms of like different years. Like I, as much as we've only got the years 2000 and 2001 on our actual Spotify account at the moment mm-hmm. I've got my own private ones with some tracks that I know I love from the years and I think as the years go by I'll start adding stuff in but yeah I've been listening to a lot of old stuff especially over Christmas my next door neighbours were doing all night karaoke uh, one night it was horrible it was one of the worst nights of my life I think I'd been at work either that morning I was going to be in work the next day so I needed to sleep and they were keeping me awake with their awful music selections and um, and terrible singing oh, no. so I thought I'd fight back and I was just screaming Shakira and Nelly Furtado back at them <laughs> To, to little avail because I had like a proper karaoke machine with a microphone and speakers and stuff and I was just doing it to myself but I felt really good about it and it's got me looking forward to Nelly Furtado in the future and Shakira I would love oh if you're ever walking down the street and you see one of your neighbours coming coming towards you right and you get your earphones in I would just love you to just pause your music and then as you walk past them just like mutter Shakira Shakira just as you go past <laughs> <laughs> that's so good oh 
Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm just loving Naughty's music at the moment. I hope everyone else is doing the same thing. I think um, I, I, I want this yeah and this decade the the 20s to be a real revival of the of the noughties i think people still cling on to the 80s and the 90s but the noughties in my mind doesn't get the love it deserves and i think i i, I want to lead a crusade to get it back where it belongs in the mainstream i want i want tours off everybody like i want to be going to arenas and seeing everybody yeah. off of the noughties you know what i mean all of the pop stars doing their thing i'm ready for that safely yes i don't want i don't want them to, i don't want them to do anything until they can't safely fill an arena i don't want to be in a zorb like a little bubble somewhere no um, i don't want to be surrounded in gates but that was brilliant when becky hill did that yeah i want to be jumping up and down and chanting and yeah. you know having to decide whether I can run to the toilet through the crowds or not or if I'm going to miss a good song all of that that comes with going I need that in my life oh let's let's hope and pray let's hope and pray anyway the reason we're here today is to give you some songs that didn't quite fit into the main episodes uh, as we always kind of say as I always kind of say to cover my arse in case any of the artists get in touch you're in here not because you're bad it's just because it's very competitive I think at the minute as the weeks go by some of the some of the weeks recently have been so tight in terms of bangers. I mean, the fact that Usher is in TNNX because he didn't quite make the cut for last week yeah. is is no indictment against Usher. I mean, certainly we if if we gave it a score out of ten that track for me, it's kind of like a six and a half, seven. What was it for you? You got a bad similar? Yeah, you're talking that, but the thing is, you're getting you know Usher hasn't not had representation elsewhere. That's kind of what I think. Yeah, yeah, and there's some artists that yeah, you're not getting alternative representation but that's because you're a one-hit wonder and your track maybe is a bit pants and you know it but for some of them we have done a lot of your tracks and we don't like putting you here but we don't want to cut you out so this is our option no i think this is a, a real tnnx is a one for the diehards of the naughtiest naughty yeah. who want to who just want to hear us basically people people <laughs> do want to hear us which is quite a nice thing to to have told to you really well yeah <laughs> I, I i couldn't better listen to this but uh personally but yeah other others do and that's their prerogative uh so yeah big names on this one yes uh, it's, it's a big name week and i it think is. It, it, it really is a sign of just how popular these weeks have been and just how strong they've been um the fact we're talking about usher and elton john yes. in this bloody bonus episode is quite crazy mm-hmm. so we'll do elton john as i said we've got usher coming up gabrielle squeezed in from this week the novelty single from Bell and Sperling Sven 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 about Sven Gorn Eriksson's coming up uh, we'll start though with some steps and the Tony Moran remix the other A side to uh, Chain Reaction this is One for Sorrow I didn't know this existed and this is a remix of the 1998 original did you know the original of this Liam was this on your radar because you'd have been very young yeah 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 when I've been well only really recently when I've been doing steps kind of whenever we did a steps track I've kind of fallen down a steps rabbit hole right and I've found this one that way so I'm kind of I'm kind of new to it but um it does it does feel familiar even if I was only two when it came out right so it probably wasn't that familiar at the time because I very much knew one for sorrow yes a lot because one for sorrow as much is One for Sorrow started the same as Entrance Set You Free. The 98 version had thunder and rain. Uh-huh. So that gripped you immediately because of the era. It then stayed semi ballady with a very fast piano through it was just very yes. ding 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 very high end keys but one for sorrow always pointed to the bridge yeah where on the tv shows when they were doing their promo you waited for them to do the dance routine because we'd seen five six seven eight where there was a dance routine but we were waiting for this dance routine in one for sorrow so everything pointed towards this like breakdown where they bust out into some extra moves mm. and then eventually they they morphed into full routines through full songs and the American this 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 Tony Moran remix doesn't go anywhere mm. doesn't do anything mm. that's that's pretty boring I kind of know what you mean I mean it's it's literally the American the American edit of the songs they got this as their def- as the default basically and then we got it here later it was like a little bonus I guess mm-hmm. the original held off 
top spot by Manic Street Preachers. If you tolerate this, your children will be next. That was what was number one, ahead of Steps number two. It was their, you know, their highest peak and single, the first to reach top five in the UK. Because five, six, seven, eight didn't reach top ten. Mm-hmm. It, they weren't an immediate smash hit. That was massive where I came from. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine, I can totally imagine, yeah. Because it was obviously very, very country and Yeah. yeah but yeah. It, it can't stop the pop blog. They called it the moment everything fell into place for steps. And, you know, this is them at their abba East. Mm-hmm. Really really capturing the melancholy of of, of, of romance and, and the, the nature of the song is very kind of melancholic. Turning it trance is kind of a logical move because that's always kind of associated as being quite a melancholic genre of dance music. And obviously they would go on to do it themselves properly kind of with Deeper Shade of Blue, which has shades of like dance music in it. It's got camp classic vibes. Yeah. I can never really say no to camp classic vibes. And I think in the era of the sad bops, where like, you know, the biggest song in the world ever really is just launched from Olivia Rodrigo called Driver's License. It's taken <laughs> over the world. And um, it's a sad bop. Yeah. And that's, that's going to set the tone for the year. It's going to be a year of sad bops again. Mm-hmm. And um, they, they, this for me, it could easily slide into that kind of pot of sad bops. Yeah. I, I would never turn it off. Mm-hmm. But I, I, can't, I know what you mean. It doesn't really go anywhere. It doesn't do anything the original doesn't do. Maybe we should leave it to steps to do that. And then yeah. Tony Moran's a nice little bonus. But, you know, it's 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 fine. Sneaking in as the final new single of September 2001 was Elton John and I Want Love. was a number nine I'd completely forgotten it and it was a single from his songs from the West Coast album mm-hmm. actually used in a Royal Mail advert which I think was the reason for its success but I don't have loads to say about it but what I will say is actually take his voice off it keep the lyrics keep all the production put the Gallagher's on it and you've got an Oasis track <laughs> It's funny you've said Oasis, I've said Robbie. <laughs> Did you? Yeah. Oh, no. Okay, right, yeah. yeah. Okay. Is that, um... Yeah. I can, I, can, I can see that, though. Yeah, I get the Oasis thing. Yeah, I do. Yeah, Robbie, yeah, I could see how, for a number nine, I could see how you would <laughs> give that to Robbie, but I can. I think if you give it to Oasis, you get it higher in the chart. Mm, okay. This was nominated for Best Male Pop Vocal Performance at the Grammys, uh, alongside Craig David for Fill Me In. Oh. Isn't that nice for Elton to be in the same category with Craig? Uh, <laughs> but he lost to James Taylor. This was the first time that Elton had, and his longtime collaborator Bernie Taupin they wrote in the same space together. They they kind of wrote separately for their entire career so far for what like thirty five years of of working together. They never worked like at the same time, but they did this together. And this development of this album came at the same time as ideas started to come together for the film that would eventually be Rocket Man. Mm-hmm. So it took a long time to make. It took eighteen years to kind of get to the screen, but they'd been thinking about it for a long time. And this era of videos for these three songs they all had videos with a lip a lip syncing celebrity doing the song yeah so one of them was this one robert downey jr who walks around this mansion lip syncing this big empty mansion just lip syncing the song a really understated performance from him he's, he's really good and for a song that's about allegedly about rehab and about addiction to have robert downey jr in there makes sense because at this very point in time he's going through a lot of stuff this was his first job uh, after coming out of a rehab uh, drug treatment program so it makes sense that he's on here and the other videos of these three so you had one that had Mandy Moore in it and you had one that had Justin Timberlake and he was considered Justin Timberlake because he plays Elton in the video Younger, Younger Elton John oh. he was considered to play Elton in what would have been the film and obviously in the end it became um, uh, Taron Egerton but yeah we nearly had Justin Timberlake as Elton John can you imagine that'd be so Strange. Yeah, that doesn't work for me. No. What I find really strange was watching Robert Downey Jr. because I only know him in later life. Yes. Like I've only seen him older, tanned, more built. Yeah. Wrinkly, you know what I mean? Yeah. So seeing him this young and it wasn't out of shape, but he was a different shape. Yeah. Yeah. And he yeah. looked kind of like very teenagey in that. And I thought this is so odd to see what, you know, what money money and fame and support, you know, can do to people. But yeah. yeah, generally I like it. I'd forgotten it. I didn't I didn't know it. No. Um it, it, I think I must know it from an advert. That's the only reason <laughs> it sat with me. But I love the fact it's Elton and I love the fact that it's it's kind of beautiful. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the the way Elton and Bernie write their songs is really special. You know, this this isn't an extraordinary complicated subject or theme. Uh, and other songs 
that would tackle these themes wouldn't sound this complicated. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just in terms of the the techniques they use, the flair that it has. It's got a lovely slow build throughout the whole track, and there's lovely bits of like choral backing vocals and the chorus that come in the ahs. Nice guitar bridge, and I think just El- Elton always elevates these subjects to a different plane because of just the the language he uses and the 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 kind of the the idioms and the similes and stuff that he uses. He says, "I can't love shot full of holes," which I guess is the most explicit drug reference that I could find because you know, yeah, holes. But um, yeah, this isn't really my speed, but I do enjoy listening to it on a first listen I appreciate Elton's brilliance and I think the song really speaks to those who criticise famous people for whinging about problems yeah. because we've said before we've said this loads of times actually that you know celebrities do have their own problems they may have loads of money but if you look at this video there's Robbie Downey Jr in a big empty mansion it's kind of a metaphor of like you know they may have the mansion but there's nothing in it yeah there's, there's you know it's 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 hollow it's superficial they feel empty inside you know get, get, cut them some slack not not all of them because there are celebrities at the moment who are flouting lockdown rules having you know spoken about stay at home and are going and doing tours of the world so there's one in particular that comes to mind that is kind of quite depressing and sad that it's happening but yeah get, cut celebrities some slack sometimes the, the singles chart this week was uh, everything kind of stayed the same the first new entry is number seven for Bell and Sperling and the track is called Sven 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 Goran Eriksen Jimmy Savile's Eka, so where'd he get a lovely girlfriend? He tried so many players for the Holland game. Yeah, how do you forget Collie Moore? The say is insane. Sven, 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 Goran Eriksen. You're going to have to take the lead on this yeah. because I know who Sven is, but I don't know who Bell and Sperling are, nor do I even really know this track. No, and I, I, I know the the chorus. I know, I know, I know the lines. Sven, 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 Goran Eriksson. I had no idea really what any of the rest of the words were until listening to it again, and now I kind of know why. One, why would I remember those words from being five year old? Because it's quite complex and and wordy. And two, uh, if I did know them, I'd probably purge them out <laughs> because there's plenty that you'd want to purge out, isn't there? Let's face it. So this is the song about the at the time new England manager Sven Goran Eriksson. He had just beaten Germany in a World Cup qualifier, five uh, one. It was a massive game. The future Newcastle flop Michael Owen scored a hat trick. Stephen Gerrard and Emil Heskey also scored. And this track actually came out a day after. After England's dramatic 2-2 draw against Greece, which had that famous David Beckham free kick. You remember that free kick, don't you, uh, Scott? Do, yeah. That famous free kick. I actually had a poster of Michael on my wall as well, you know, um, <laughs> whenever, because my family are historically Liverpool fans as well. So uh, yes, there you yeah. go. Mm-hmm. So this is, um, this is like a novelty football song it's blokey it's laddie and as we were saying before Scott as a, as a Northern Irish person English song like you know English football song wasn't really a big thing where you were from but it was massive here this wouldn't have gone down well to be fair so no. it's very unlikely that Q102.9 where I live or Highland <laughs> Radio or Cool FM which I couldn't actually get in our little valley would have been playing that so my access to things would have been the only way I would have got this would have been if Radio 1 rinsed it yeah. and for a number 7 it probably means it only got onto maybe like their C list or something if it even got the radio play yeah. that it got but it sounds from the name of it like it's potential Potentially going to be offensive. Yeah, maybe. Is it? I I I think so. Well, let, let let's let's go through the things that I've picked out. Right. I mean, not that they were to know, especially at the time, but it does start off with a Jimmy Savile reference, oh, shit. which hasn't oh, aged terribly well. Oh, no. I I I feel like people back then didn't officially know what Jimmy was doing, but people indirectly sort of could have guessed. But yeah, that's that's a risky one to include there. Not a brilliant start. There's also the line, "He's a lovely geezer." But don't forget that he's from Sweden. Mm-hmm. Now you, you could do. He's a lovely geezer, and don't forget that he's from Sweden. Because as far as I know, Swedish people, with a few exceptions, are generally quite nice, and that they're quite known for being nice. So what's what's the what's the beef with Sweden? Well, I don't I don't I don't understand why that's necessary to be there. It just comes across very xenophobic. Is it just a bit of casual xenophobia? Yeah, maybe that might be what it actually is. Yeah, and I can understand. I can understand from that era that it's supposed to be a joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, hilarious. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think hopefully attitudes towards that have changed a little bit. But yeah. is 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 that as is that as dark as it gets, or does it 
does it get worse? Potentially. There's also a line about Jordan, as in Katie Price, and there's a there's a bit where I forget the exact wording of the, of the line, but this the, the the line ends with "Get them out for the lads," oh. and it's just like a bit of a like a sort of a, a nuts. That this this whole thing reads like it's been torn out of Nuts magazine, doesn't it? Really, <laughs> it, it 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 does. Complete target audience for it, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean it's it's very pound shop Chaz and Dave. It's very blokey and laddie. It's got. And enough xenophobia that it's kind of like it appeals to those kind of people who not not just not say all nuts readers are xenophobic because I, I I'm not gonna lie I've read it a couple of times in the past when I was young and discovering myself but no I think there's it's it's kind of very borderline xenophobia the video is full of like fit girls in England bikinis and stuff but they kind of flip it too with having blokes in England bikinis as well so it's kind of like that 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 they're being playful with that I don't know I don't I don't know musically. It's it's like a lo-fi version of the Austin Powers theme tune, which I quite like. <laughs> but on the whole, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't say I really particularly enjoy it. I listened to it on the bus for the first time this week, and I just sat stony faced looking out the window, going past KFC, a biker. Which, as we as we both know, is not the best place in the world because it, of of the KFCs in the world, it's not one of the better ones. And I just sat looking at KFC biker at the traffic lights, just going like, "This is really, really miserable. This is really..." <laughs> and and like these, these these kind of football songs don't exist so much anymore. Or if they do, they're like they're like viral things. They don't get like a single release. Yeah. They now live on Twitter. They now live on like the internet. They, they wouldn't get released on a CD single sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So there's probably more of them now than there was back then because it's so easy to make them and distribute them. But um, I, I'm sort of glad these things aren't a uh, official thing anymore it's we're, we're, we're torn aren't we so at the moment we've got like nadine shah and musicians fighting to get paid what their royalties and streams are worth yes and then we're all like yeah 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 we need we need you to have justice and then we're a bit like oh maybe things like sven 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 should just kind of like live in a void somewhere in social media yeah so we, we can't win music is just this massive massive landscape that nobody knows how to navigate really do we we're all doing different stuff on it no I found a YouTube comment on the video which says uh, this is on this is on the top of the pops performance which um, is worth checking out because as this comment suggests you know you look around the audience and even they're quite confused um, as to what on earth is really going on <laughs> they, this comment says on the journey from bedroom to top of the pops did nobody have the balls to speak out and say how shite this is uh, is a masterclass in unfunny shtick not a hint of irony just taking the Baron Knight's tired tactic of the joke being that the words rhyme even the style barometer of uh, top of the pops audience look bemused and subsequently miss their cue to cheer at random points in the and in, this is inverted commas song uh, an abomination that found us went on top of the pops and no one had the guts to speak out and let it just and just let it happen where have we heard that before ouch legally blonde uh, yeah how she got into how she got into the university mm. see they they made a wise decision letting her into that university whereas maybe the booking agents for top of the pops did make a mistake maybe it was the top of the pops performance just got it to number seven maybe you were just guaranteed to get on top of the pops go at a week where you know you've got something like you can't get you out of my head roaming around at the top spot and then you're guaranteed to like make some money but I, d- I don't need this in my life to be fair no and I'm kind of glad from based on what you're saying that I didn't really get engaged with it really when I was younger there was actually a reply to that comment by the way by Bell and Sperling <laughs> on, uh, on, on YouTube oh no they're googling themselves yeah. right what did they say well, it, 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 I think the video was on their account right okay so they, they, they must have got the notification from that uh, that commenter and they've said it's wonderful that you took the, that much time to write your post probably more time than we took to write and record the song <laughs> the difference is we made about a half a million squid and you made fuck all <laughs> which is which is which is a quite an attitude to have isn't it but I mean there's, there's, there's truth in there but there's also a bit of kind of like you know it's um it's it's all it's all comedy if you can call it yeah if you can call it comedy the thing i like if, if there's one thing i like about it and wish it went i wish it played on more and we spoke about both selector at christmas and just how that song was kind of like needlessly offensive towards the celebrities there wasn't like a there wasn't much you know it felt cold the way the way the 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 
the comedy was being pervaded. It was all very offensive and it could have just been surreal. Yeah. When actually it was surreal and offensive. This has got surreal bits in it. Like when it has the first bit about Sven and they talk, start talking about David Seaman's Tash and suddenly the song becomes about David Seaman's Tash and then there's a bit about Rudy Voller and it becomes about Rudy Voller. And I sort of wish when it became about David Seaman is if the rest of the entire song was just about David Seaman's Tash. I think there was a chance there to make it look like it was a song about Sven Goren Eriksson and actually just take the piss out of David Seaman said I think there was, there was a chance there for some kind of surreal brilliance that they didn't quite have the awareness for yeah. I think all it's ended up being is kind of like a mushy football song it's very blokey and, and is done very well with the lads mag readers it kind of sounds like you know whenever you know like whenever certain types of men wouldn't let wifeys go to the pub and all of that kind of crack and they're there with their, their lads and as that wife you want to maybe be a fly on the wall to find out what kind of crack there is in the pub this is an example of all of the shit crack and all of the things that were bred in idiot lad culture not lad yeah, lad yeah, culture because yeah. some lads yeah, are very yeah. progressive but all of the crap that's been spouted out this has all been rolled into a song all of the xenophobia you know wouldn't be surprised if there's homophobia attached to those conversations you know like loads of stupid stuff yeah. that you know, it's, it's interesting to be a fly in the wall for that, but yeah, this is just... The fact that they've made, what, probably 500 grand from this yeah, is just uh-huh. shocking. That needs to go to a charity for the prevention, like the prevention of abuse to Swedish people living in the UK or something like that. You yeah. know what I mean? They should, they should have trouble spending that money every time they look at their house and think, that song paid my mortgage. You should look at that house and think, shit. Yeah. Well, look, I'd rather be from the country that gave us the 18s and upside down than this country, which is quite frankly despicable at the best of times. So I'm 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 fully with Sweden here, IKEA, yeah, the whole lot. Swedish House Mafia, yeah, yeah. I. It's so funny that you should mention the 18s because <laughs> on the way in here to the studio, I did my thing where I start changing the words to songs, and all of a sudden I've come up with a parody idea. Oh, so I literally was actually going to sit down, put pen to paper, and try to do a parody of 18s upside down because it actually, if you just amend some of the lyrics, it really becomes a lockdown song. Oh, right. And okay. it's quite creepy. It's all about being next to you and all of this kind of crack. I oh. want to be next to you. So yeah, you can you can play with that. It's a bit of like a I Love Your Gravy by the original. <laughs> I love your gravy. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Strange times. Stick it in the bin. It, yeah. Well, unfortunately, it's very much not in the bin because it came out again in 2018. Uh, redone as an advert for The Sportsman. I think it was a pizza advert. Okay. And they did Gareth, Gareth, Gareth. Obviously for Gareth Southgate. Okay. Sound-wise, it's an exact replica. It was just the words changed. The video has got flossing a lot of flossing and it's um it makes you remind of a time when flossing was a big thing i'm not sure if they i'm not sure if they were behind on the times when they were doing their flossing or whether it was actually fully in vogue but either way watching them do it totally killed it for us there was some lookalikes in there as well there was a, a harry kane lookalike there was a yeah and, and, and razor ruddocks in it as well there's nothing quite as objectionable as the original however there is an Anne mcpartland drunk driving reference God. there's a reference to harry kane being quite like sort of the way he talks is a bit like he's, he's quite jewelry when he talks, mm-hmm. and there's a, a there's a it, it ends with a Diane Abbott jibe oh, because no, apparently right. she's she's closed. So as much as it's not xenophobic towards Sweden, it's just actually offensive in loads of different ways, and nothing's really changed. But I don't think they made as much money from this one. It did chart in the top hundred, but I mean I, the, towards the bottom of the hundred, and uh, it almost certainly couldn't buy them a house. Maybe a few pizzas, maybe a stuffed crust. <laughs> So, you know when you get a football, Scott, you won't know this, but when you get a football shirt, you get a name and number on the back of your favourite player. <laughs> Typically, you pay for each letter individually. So if you want like a really long name, it costs you a load of money. If you yeah. want like a really simple name, it's dead cheap. Is that why Usher has spelled the word U as just the letter U for two singles in a row now? You remind me and you got it bad. He's a, he's, a, he's a cheapskate. He's a cheapskate. Couldn't afford the, the letters on the front of his uh, single cover, and he's just um, he's just a skinflint. He can spell the word you back in 1995, his first single, You Make Me One. I did have the word you in full, <laughs> but 2001, he's broke. He's broke ass. Anyway, this is Usher's interpretation of Can't Get You Out of My Head. It's You Got It Bad. You got it, you got it bad. When you Someone, but you keep on thinking about somebody else. 
love how you don't think I know about football shirts. I'll have you know that I had a Liverpool <laughs> shirt which had the big massive oval crest on it when I was younger, sponsored oh, yeah. by Carlsberg. Oh, it's a classic. And I then stopped wearing it because one of my mate's other friends got a massive nipple infection from <gasps> the rubbing of it on his nipple oh. and actually had to have surgery from his oh, football shirt and being a Liverpool fan. So that, that's why I don't follow football anymore. It was all to do with nipples. The pain of being a Liverpool fan, it cuts deep. <laughs> Absolutely. You've got to pay in some ways. Yeah. But I'm, and I'm, I must have excessive ink in my pen because I've written Y-O-U you here instead. This is the second single from the third studio album. How do you say it? Is 8701? How are we saying his album? Yeah, let's go with that. 8701. It seems like a zip code or a, you know, like a house number in a street. Mm. I find actually, and what I didn't say, is lyrically Michael Jackson's You Rock My World is quite nice and it is quite romantic. Yeah. And it sort of passed the creepy test, but not too much. This one's too similar to Michael. Yeah, yeah. For me. And I think Michael does it better. Yeah, I think I agree. The song itself came about from his distraction in the radio studio so he brought a girl to the recording session and was distracted by her and then uh, eventually they had an argument and she left and then after she left they were straight on the phone to each other and the actual producer in the studio said mate you got a bad mm. get out sort that conversation and he started to write without Usher Usher come back in and he's penned this song about having it bad you got it bad that's a way to come up with them yeah yeah I suppose it's, it's nice when genius strikes you like that so in the video you've got Chili from TLC, who was the love interest, would then go on to be his real life girlfriend, and then he cheated on her, and then she became the basis of the album, the next album, Confessions, and she's basically what Burn is about. And it's funny because this song, my reference point to this song is actually Burn. The, the two sound very similar to me. I think yeah. that's 2004 that single came out. We'll, we, we will get to that yeah. one at some point. Yeah, it's ironic that the song about the, the, the relationship breakdown sounds so much like this one, which is about kind of how it gets started. It kind of co- it comes full circle at some point. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? He's always been, like, I, I love him. He just emulates cool yeah. and all of that kind of crack, but I just don't love this kind of stuff. No. You know what I mean? I was never, I'm not a love timer, or, or like a not, not a lovers around 11 kind of a guy. I'm not going to chuck this on in the background, pop a bottle of champagne and like make love on a rug in front of a fire kind of a thing. You know what I mean? I'm, leave me socks on kind of a thing but uh, the this track just doesn't fit into my life no. the way that I think even though I was sort of the target audience for it it's great but I do my mate Sarah did text me back and say uh, I prefer Usher's faster stuff yeah. and I'm kind of on board with that and I think we're all ready for yeah yeah. you know what I mean we're gonna we're all gonna get a bit hyped when we hit yeah but this is brilliant like this is still world class mm. doesn't tick my boxes as much but I do lyrically enjoy some of it because now that I've done analysis, I've now noticed things that I think are quite funny. So it was the same with his last one that we covered about you can eat it, you can throw it away. <laughs> I discovered lyrics and then had a connection to it. Whereas with this one, uh, he said, see, I've been there, done that, humped around. I never knew he said humped around. <laughs> see, I've been there, done that, humped around. That's a lol. Yeah. Humped around. Mm, mm, yeah, okay. Mm. Um, that's a way to get radio play. Yeah. It does have a Santana guitar in the bridge. It so does. I didn't know what you were going to say about that. I was going to say Santana Maria Maria, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do get bored. I do get bored. And yeah, me too. And it's going to be a skipper for me on the playlist. Yeah. It's, um, no, I, I You've called it world class, and actually, it's one of the biggest songs ever. It spent a week at the number one on the Billboard charts, then got knocked off by Nickelback, then came back for five more weeks. In the end, it became the ninth biggest song of the year and the 15th biggest of the entire decade. So, we are talking about a song that many people think is world class because they, they voted with their money. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm not there with it, really. I've, I've, I know there's better Usher songs. I like Burn better, and I like I like that pain from Usher better. I think this one, with him kind of like this, this tone of of distraction that he's got and obviously like the, the, the idea of the song coming from a distraction and it kind of feeds into the song I think he does sound distracted and it does kind of bug me a little bit I don't think the passion's there that I like from other songs he does sound more one note and he's singing we don't get as many of those Usher flourish moments that we get that kind of all the things that you listen to Usher for I think yeah. and kind of fuck him for making this song about how obsessed he is with this girl and then goes and cheats on her I can't endorse that, Usher. I can't endorse that. Um, I'm glad you had no. to make burn, you broke-ass bitch. I don't find it very romantic, I, and, I, and I don't. I don't think. And I went through the lyrics. I don't think it. I don't think it passes the Scott McGurty test of being creepy, which is what we coined it when we spoke about it first. Yeah. I, I find it right. a bit. I find it a bit cold. I just find it a bit like, especially knowing what happens in the real life of like he goes on a cheat on her. It's kind of like I. I just don't. There wasn't a spark for me. There wasn't any kind of like. Not, not nothing lit up no I think there's like I think if you've been in a relationship where you know if you've been in say you've done if you've been in relationships with say four or five people where you know about the obsessive early stages where you know you just want to be with each other all of the time and then dynamics change because you know 
you you have to kind of go home a little bit yeah. instead of like hanging around with each other all of the time and you've got to deal with the whole shit have I just been with the same person for three weeks and just ignored the lads and all of that kind of crack so there, there are parts of that that are relatable I don't think it's as relatable in this day and age because you know when this song came out there wasn't really social media yeah. so it was very much about wanting to physically be beside one another and all of that and what you what you had as bad back then isn't what you've got as bad now because you can whip up in a profile yeah. you know what I mean yeah. and look at some pictures or probably look in your camera roll and there's something rude in there that somebody sent you mm. somewhere along the way never put your face in it kids <laughs> but it's all kind of there yeah it doesn't it doesn't light me up but I can see for people that like this stuff how it's really good but like you say there's much better stuff I don't even really like at first thought I don't like Burn I can hear it don't love it mm. but I'm definitely pumped Usher fan as opposed to Ballad Usher fan I will say before we move on to the next track that there um, it was co-written and produced by Usher obviously with Jermaine Dupree and Brian Michael Cox who worked extensively on Mariah Carey's comeback album in 2005 The Emancipation of Mimi I've been listening to a lot of Mariah Carey this week. It came up on the show I produced last week <laughs> and um, the presenter re- refused to play it, basically. So I went home and, and watched on YouTube the video for We Belong Together, which is on that record. It's also got Touch My Body and a few of the good tracks. And um, yeah, Mariah's so good. I'm a bit obsessed. I've been watching the video of Fantasy a lot. The girl next door thing that she's got going on back in the 90s is my thing. Uh-huh. So um, I've been enjoying a lot of Mariah. It was nice to see those names pop up on this. And also, if you if you do like You Got It Bad or don't don't like Usher on it, like kind of like me. There's a cover that Lickily did in 2018 for Spotify ahead of the release of her album So Sad, So Sexy. It's well worth checking out. Love a bit of Lickily. She's so good. Quite a quiet week for new entries. The next one and the, the last one of the week is a number nine for Gabrielle. It's her 10th top 10 single, because you forget that she's had quite a long career at this point. The song is called Don't Need the Sun to Shine. This was created for her Greatest Hits compilation, Dreams Can Come True, Greatest Hits Volume 1. I don't even know if we've got a Volume 2 out of her. No idea. Um, and I think with this one, we just get the smashing overall Gabrielle tone. Uh, and again, it's always just a walking advert for her, her brilliant, brilliant voice as far as I'm kind of concerned. So Gabrielle always impresses me. She always impresses me too, even if I'm not that invested and I do tend to skip. I couldn't possibly take away from her the amazing career she's had no the 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 power that her tracks have clearly she's got an audience you still hear these tracks on uh let's say like radio 2 or like some local radio station so she's still got an audience she's still got a fan base people still like it yeah and that's kind of all i have to say there's there's always gonna be a market for places like gabrielle and i think even younger artists now are starting to sound like her there is a market for this kind of well we're, we're in the age of the sad bops i mean this is this is by no means a sad bop it's actually quite uplifting but you get what I mean like there are yeah. there are some Gabrielle tracks that are very much sad bops uh, out of reach being one of them yeah and yeah I, th- I think she Gabrielle is she she wouldn't have seen it coming but she's still relevant in 2021 and I think she's inspiring new generations so yeah I didn't think I'd remember it I do remember the chorus I've listened much harder than I ever have to it before and there's some beautiful subtle strings in it overall this pace suits her because it's kind of her pace yes and but I do find like, like you've said the, the lyrics are very uplifting I feel like the lyrics need to come faster for me to match what's being said mm. because the message is quite upbeat but the one thing I do when it says I think that there's parts of this lyrically that you could sample and bring back now and they would be massive Ooh. could be really big a really interesting sample there for like a dance production for like a yeah yeah a dance track a bit of like um you know the girl is mine Ooh. 99 souls kind of thing you could do something really interesting with this um and i've 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 spotted things that could be really smart with it it's just it's because it's, she's she's great yeah you know her tone's brilliant sounds really good and lyrically there's just just a few emotional points that you could play with mm. we'll keep an eye out because it's 20 years this year so Woo. We'll watch this space. Maybe somebody's already got it in mind. Maybe Gabrielle's already working away in the workshop on this one. Who knows? <laughs> oh, that'll be good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
so th this track being significant as an advert track as we've mentioned it, it kind of became big from an advert which you'd think maybe for a band like this who although this song isn't pretentious they are an indie band and there's always a bit of that there you wonder how they would take to the fact that their success is largely down to capitalism mm -hmm. there's a quote here from the guitarist P2 says that he's okay with the commercialization of the tune I can imagine some wouldn't be but equally I'm sure they've got lovely houses and mortgages and cars and stuff off the back of that Vodafone campaign because it was around for a lot of years and it was huge yeah it was huge actually it was around for a long time a very long time yeah that was a thing so that was a movement maybe in 2000 and maybe 9, 10 as well it was a thing that you did but just because of the way that charts and, charts and things have changed to break through there was a lot of people tried to get advert deals and mm -hmm. it's still a, still an approach now and it is a much more acceptable approach because of the nature of charts and trying to get the attention that you you needed but obviously you've got to try find a brand that matches you and then you know these new brands come along and then like two years later they're getting ripped by papers because of the way that they're treating staff or the way that they're doing stuff I, I think yeah you're right that in, in those years you've said like the end of this decade there was an advert music boom I think a lot now, if you think about certain phone brands that use a lot of different songs for different adverts and stuff, like I think there's still a power of, of those adverts like Apple, Samsung, that if your song is featured on that, you, you, you get like a bit of a second wind from it and a bit of a like a, a bit of a bump from it. That as you say, there are some artists who search out the deals and don't get too much shit for it because normally the song's good, but there are some artists, let's say, for example, Imagine Dragons, who over the years, their music has become increasingly more advert music-y, as if it's been written with the express purpose of selling it for a brand and making money off it. Mm -hmm. And I think people people start to doubt the creative integrity of some artists because of that. There's some songs that have been picked retrospectively, like, you know, Phil Collins in the air tonight with the guitar, uh, the guitar, with the, the drumming gorilla. Nina Simone was kind of synonymous with Muller for a lot of years. One of the most interesting ones, Babylon Zoo, Spaceman, <laughs> yeah. which is a song that when everyone heard it on the Levi's advert, went crazy about because it's just this weird thing that nobody had heard before. It was like surreal and psychedelic and trippy and pacey and kind of like it felt underground and weird. And then they heard the full song, which is complete dog shit. Like yeah. the full version of that song is utterly tripe. In terms of current adverts that are on my shit list, I live with my grandma and she watches this morning. And obviously uh, if, if I'm just waking up at around 10 o'clock, which is quite often the case, I work late nights, every ad break, they're little sponsor sting for Sky Mobile is the Beach Boys wouldn't it be nice oh. so you get that every 10 well actually every like every 5 or 10 minutes because it's at the end of every and start of every ad break mm -hmm. I used to like that song and now I hear the exact same bit of it at least what like 20 times a day every day no. it's driven me insane and if you if you watch TV too you'll see that eBay are currently destroying coming to get your love by Redbone it feels like that advert's on every single ad break and I used to like that song too and it's just the same advert the same bit of music and it's the same kind of bit where it dips out and it dips back in again it's just like oh it's driving me mad I, I, I it's, it's this is capitalism gone wild I, 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 it, it, it's driven me to hate music that I used to really really like I hate that when you're a kid actually you learn adverts before you learn songs so the fact that you know this from the Vodafone adverts mental yeah that, that, that's criminal that's criminal isn't it really it's criminal my my little boy knows adverts better than he knows Peppa Pig <laughs> which is kind of a good thing yeah the other day he was going duck com duck com <gasps> duck com I was like oh, what are you doing duck com and it was um, an advert like compare the market dot com or something yeah. and he was saying the dot com repeatedly and I'm like Jesus he knows it and he knows like we do we watch a lot of Friends Friends is like my filler program where if there's nothing on or I put the TV on and there's a channel on that I hate the minute I see the word friends I'll put friends on while I continue to look yeah. so friends is on a lot of the time in the house and I've got a friends t-shirt from Primark that somebody bought us I've got a friends mug and somebody bought my wife friends um, lipstick what do you call them like you know like lip not lipsticks but like the balm lip balm lip balms and they were friends brand and each like little lip balm has friends on it and he went across and went friends 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 and then pointed at my couple went friends friends and then pointed at my t-shirt and went friends and you know it's funny how things do get you hooked in but when I was a kid I must have known adverts too and it's funny how you know yeah there is a there's definitely an approach mm. to music and adverts and TV theme tunes and all sorts like that but Dandy Warhol's Bohemian Like You I think yeah a very significant one for a long period of time and loads of people might have had your This Morning experience where it was overdone and they completely hate it just because of that <laughs>
Yeah, I think across the board, some very okay tracks, okay to good in some places. Yeah. I mean, even ones like Gabrielle, we can we can kind of say, yeah, good. Oh yeah, yeah. But not not a great deal much more to say than that, which is no slight against her. It's just I don't know. I I I there's other songs that I have more things to say about, and that's just how it goes. A few months ago now, wow, Christ, we spoke to Christoph of Ian Vandal, who gave us the amazing Castles in the Sky, and I've got to say that the IO version that came out just the same week of us talking to Christoph has now found its way into my regular like rotation playlist I quite like it and and obviously as Christoph revealed to us Ayo who made that track had had passed away that same week which is um, which is very sad Mm -hmm. but yeah what a great way to go out on I've got to say let's play more of our chat from Christoph because we only got to play a little snippet during the podcast because it's so tight here's a bit more of that with Christoph where things get a bit more geeky I think because you were asking (laughs) about BPM and bits of tech and stuff and oh yeah I just totally switch off but no it's 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 dead fascinating to hear these things because it's an insight to the studio i think any 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 chat that can put you in the same position as the producers who are making these tracks we speak about i think it's just fascinating to to get their insight don't you agree i agree here's christoph things first um what are you wearing <laughs> um actually i'm wearing uh, my gym clothes oh. cause I, yeah because i was i was planning to go to the gym in a bit mm. you know with the whole covid thing yeah people are locked inside you know i'm, I'm locked inside the, the studio all day mm. and I, I just go out to the gym you know just to clear my head yeah. and i put um, the demos I make in the studio, I put it on my phone and then listen it while I, I do the, the my fitness routine so I can hear what's missing or what I need to change. And when I get back to the studio, I do the changes. When you go to the gym, do you wear your sunglasses that you have on that are the famous sunglasses from the Castles in the Sky video? <laughs> <laughs> we actually still make fun of the sunglasses, me and Eric, because... We, we actually never wear sunglasses, but there was the idea from the director, you know, the, of the video. It's like, yeah, you have to wear sunglasses. They look cool. <laughs> okay, why not? It looks good. You know, actually, you know, we look, we, we're wearing practically nothing, you know, just a T-shirt. Mm-hmm. But it was actually in, a, in the middle of the winter in a big factory with no heating or anything mm. and it was minus five or something oh so we were actually freezing our ass off while we're doing the video yeah. so it had it made no sense wearing the sunglasses in minus five <laughs> and we had to stand behind a little heater you know to warm up <laughs> between every scene that we did so the sunglasses <laughs> seem to be specifically for the reflection of the lighting rig that you've had because that was really like a, a big 2001 like reflection that you had it was quite that was quite powerful. Yeah, yeah, it was. So, it was. Sounds like it was. Uh, sounds like it was nippy whenever you were in that factory. But so you, be, you mentioned the music you've been making and making demos and stuff. How's lockdown been generally? Has it been productive? Have you been trying to relax a bit more? What's it been like for you, Christoph? Well, actually, I always, I always make a lot of music. The problem is people don't know. <laughs> mm. They only think that that I do like the Invandal and I did some dance songs. You know, like Didi is another project I do. But I actually do a lot of music. But people don't know. I do music mm-hmm. um, for TV and film ah. and for games. So oh, wow. I have songs in, in, you know, Traffic Cops. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I have music in Traffic Cops, Sky Patrol, Home and Away, EastEnders, <laughs> wow. CSI, Ugly Betty, you know, all these, all these television shows. Uh, I just landed uh, Natural Geographic, some uh, oh. uh, songs in those programs, and um, Skins on Netflix. Ah, that's so I cool. do those things, and now I'm working on some tracks for uh, a video game. Nice. And <laughs> don't laugh, I'm actually doing um, UK rap. Wow. <laughs> People don't know, but when I was young, when I was a li- little kid, I actually watched um, MTV, Yo MTV raps. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was actually into the urban stuff. So. Uh. This is not uncommon for me to make uh, urban stuff. I kind so. of know that I know that you've got links into people from EastEnders, right? And you might get clearance in some way, shape or form. I feel like I really want you to take on the EastEnders theme tune and turn that into a banging dance track. Dun, 
Dun, dun, dun, that would be dun, good. Dun, 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 that would be good if 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 he can. Hook. Yeah, I don't know. I actually don't know who, who I have to talk with. Probably the publisher. Maybe, mm. maybe you just make it, stick it online, get some momentum, and then they have to kind of sign it off as well. You know yeah. what I mean? Big big deal. So yeah, whatever that might I, be good. Whatever I've been looking through at the history of some of castles in the sky, it seems like so like your Wikipedia and stuff doesn't actually say about the awards that it's won, and it's whenever you start looking at Peter Lutz's stuff, you see that you beat him to most of the awards. Do you know what actual awards he's won for that track back at the time? Do you remember any of them? To be honest, the problem is with the Wikipedia. It's other people that they write in. what they want on mm-hmm. it, you know. So they try and tend to change history in their favor. Yeah. You know? mm. If people would know the whole stories about everything, they would be surprised, to oh, be honest. I. Well, I think, I think um, we'd end up in trouble, considering whenever Liam walked in the studio, we were like, uh, right, let's speak to Christoph. And he realized, it's like, so Ian Vandal isn't actually uh, a person. I'm like, no, it was an experience. Yeah. It was a, uh, a brand. <laughs> but we don't want to get you sued or anything, so we can kind of um, stay away from, from that side of things. But yeah, but it was just really odd. Oh, no, no, it's I, no problem. <laughs> the thing is, Let's Ian get Vandal, sued then, go for it. <laughs> Ian Vandal is actually, it's, Ian Vandal is actually, it means... Um, it's from a song, so there is a Belgium song. It's called Jan van Dal. It's like a child song, mm. and it actually means average Joe. Oh. So, you know, and what we did is instead of using Jan van Dal, we we made it like sound cooler because you back in the days you had Niels van Gogh, Paul van Dyk, yeah. you mm. know Armin van Buren. So we were like, okay, why don't we use because Eric and I were just normal guys, and we still normal guys. Uh, uh, with a little studio, home studio. So we're like, we're average people. So let's use the name average person as 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 our our, our project name. Hmm. So Jan van Dahl, you know, became so Jan van Dahl. Three le- could have been like, a, a, and a, then we changed it to Ian, you know, to make it like 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 Wall Dahl and then Ian to make it sound international <laughs> and then we had the name that's it, it. could have been a Barry Van Dahl or a Gary Van Dahl or a, yeah. An, yeah it could have been anything it could have been a Scott Van Dahl or a Liam Van Dahl maybe, maybe yeah. could that be a future project that we've inspired you so much to go and make some more <laughs> trance tracks after um, the, the naughtiest Van Dahl potentially could be a way to go mm. should be good um, so <laughs> what do you remember from that era about producing like what software and what hardware were you using whenever you because I think did you produce a track actually in 1998 you know the instrumental that you're the exec producer of 99 was that 1999 what were you using and what were you pressing um i was on cubase and i still use cubase uh that's the the daw uh, the Mm -hmm. the music program that's cubase and on a normal pc but back in the days it was just before the real vsts Mm -hmm. so you actually had to have the real synthesizers in the studio to make the sounds so that dun 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 is actually a, a proper built-in sound into your synthesizer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We uh, at the I think at the height we had Eric and I we had around eighty synthesizers in the studio. <laughs> Whoa! So the whole the whole room was full of synthesizers stacked, and you know you had to you had to wire them all. We we had them uh, connected to a big mixing console, the DM two thousand, and they were all connected, all 80 uh, synthesizers were connected. Uh, and I think, let's see, that one was the Yamaha CS6X, I think. And um, the team, that was a JP8000. And wow. the 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 like the harp sound that one was the Nordlied this that we used. Oh. I still know Nordlied sound twenty six that I made. <laughs> this is this is some real nerdy shit, and I'm like, I think I'm a bit turned on, Christoph. To be honest, um, I, I, I didn't think I'm, we would talk I, since. I'm some actually, I, I actually am a proper nerd. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm a proper nerd. Um, I think you have to. Um, don't, you, have to just, you have to be a nerd to kind of really. I just reinstalled the whole my whole computer, like a new computer, and I I used I re I sorted all the samples that I had. Mm. So I put all the 
claps together, all the kicks together, but then all the loops that I had, I put it in tempo, mm-hmm. all the top loops in tempo. So it's it, it was like eight, uh, almost a hundred thousand samples. Wow, because oh. I love the BPM castles in the sky. That like BP, is it one hundred and forty? You're talking? Is it about one hundred and forty? Yeah, yeah, one forty. That was that was at that time the the, the speed. Like everything between 38 and 42, something like that. Yeah, so. I love that. That's my BPM for keeping me kind of going. And I remember years ago there being like a an article about the perfect BPM for fitness is 128. And the the most iconic song for it was um, Cheryl's Call My Name, which was a Calvin Harris track. And I was like, right, yeah, 128 is to keep you through a one-hour session. I want a, a 140 five-minute power session that'll kind of keep me <laughs> keep me going as well so you've talked about the yeah, hip-hop side I, of things I'm, I'm honest if you're doing 128 bpm in the fitness mm-hmm. you're not sweating a lot mm. <laughs> well, i am but oh, yeah. me too yeah <laughs> <laughs> our, our gyms are all closed here christoph we, we haven't got any gym access it's all closed for the next few weeks so um yeah when we get back into the gyms in december it's going to be 110 bpm <laughs> when we get, when everybody else gets back into the gym and me and liam still walk to mcdonald's that's gonna be <laughs> i was trying to sound cool scott i was trying to sound like a fit intelligent guy. whenever we go to the gym we can't we've like i think the, the gym me and liam have gone to is like a pure gym we can't even get through the fucking doors that like <laughs> we can't get into the vestibules to like sign yourself in it's a bit of a nightmare so you, you, you've mentioned like hip-hop and stuff like in the 90s was there tracks that inspired you to specifically head to Towards dance music. Oh, good question. Actually, to be honest, I like every kind of music, but really every kind of music. And I also worked with a lot of different people and other genres because I. But uh, yeah, dance. Hmm. You know, oh, you you had to you had to you know, uh, plastic dreams. Oh, JD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, JD, and you had Felix. Felix don't you want me you know it was like the beginning of the whole dance area Mm -hmm. that was actually kind of cool problem is you never make what you like you you make what you bump into Mm. i don't know how to explain that like like you could have a like a proper genre that you like for example i i do like uh all the underground progressive uh dance music like mm-hmm. like uh, the global underground and the Sasha and Maria and uh, yeah. you know the uh, John Digweed and and all these things, but I actually almost never did any tracks like that. Yeah, mm. I uh-huh. so I like it, but I never did it because when you do some when you make your own stuff, you actually end up somewhere else that you never expected you would end. Yeah, you know, and the whole ID even before the Ian van Dahl, I did. I did. A lot. I started with trance, so I'm talking '95, '96. I was doing a lot of trance songs. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I had my own project that worked really well. Uh, I I remixed Tiesto uh, back in the day. Wow. Um, <laughs> that was his first shot at records that mm-hmm. I did wow. with him, and he actually made two remixes for me for free. <laughs> I'm probably the only one you remix for free. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Because he charges tons of money now. Oh, well, he would do, wouldn't he? Yeah. So, whenever you... So, so, Castles in the Sky, we still get on the dance music channels here. Our dance music channels are thinning down. There's very few. Um, and sometimes it's like the, the radio edit, which is your version, and then sometimes you get like the... Peter Lutz version of it as well, which is um, yeah. But I also yeah. made that one. Did you? So that's what I'm. I'm wondering. Yeah. What's it like whenever you like? What's the process like when you go right? We need remixes of this one, too, to I actually, kind of come up with it. Because I made both versions, but back in the days, Peter told me he's like, yeah, I would like to get into the DJing more. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, you know what I do? I'll make the remix, and I put your name on it, so you can have like your remix and and go out as your name for the DJing. That's actually the whole story Amazing. because I did actually the. I did both versions. Yeah, <laughs> there's, a, there's a slight key change. Is there in one of the one of the notes? So in the Peter Lutz one, there's like unless I hear it differently, it just seems like one of the one of the keys goes a little bit higher, uh, or one of the notes is a little bit higher. But um, so yeah, I, I like to work in the chords. This is is this is a typical chord. Like as a musician, you do your chord, and you have the two and the four on your chords. Mm-hmm. That's actually what I did into the melody. 
Ooh, wow, that's really. I don't know weird. if it makes sense. Am I talking nerd? <laughs> you're, you're talking, you're talking nerd, but it's enough to make me go Google stuff that I shouldn't, and then yeah. you're going to send us down okay. like, rabbit holes. Which I, is I'll, I'll try to explain very easy. <laughs> when you, when you, when you have a chord, you have your finger on the one. Let's say that's the first note. Yep. And then you have the finger on the three and the fifth note. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. that's your chords. But instead of using the third note. You do the second one, so you do one, two, five instead of one, three, ah. five, and it gives a little difference. So it's a bit distinctive. And then if you do a four, you do one, four, five instead of one, three, five. Ah. So this is what's done. Yeah, it, it gives the like a, a nostalgic feel or melancholic feel. It depends what notes you use. Yeah, in jazz and all these things, it's very common. They do even the nines and whatever, you know, wow. it's like, <laughs> can I say something? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, see, how can I explain? Uh, you know that Castles at this moment is, is back in the trend charts? Yes. yes. Uh-huh. We've, we've heard it. What do you think of it? With Ayo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that he died yesterday? Yes, I they saw that. He, yeah. Uh-huh. It's, in, it's, it's all over the Facebook and stuff today. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. It's crazy. It's crazy because I, I, I sent him a message to congratulate him or like to wish him success, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, and then a few hours later, uh, I found out he was dead. And I'm like, oh, oh fuck. God. Yeah, that's pretty you devastating. Know? Like, that's, that's, how, how do you feel whenever you realize that he's taken on, you know, your piece of work and, and try to like bring it to a, a new audience? Like, what's it like for you as an artist? Yeah, I don't mind to be honest. You know, it's it's always interesting to see how other people look at it. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually in the process of doing a remake, but uh, uh, I have to. I can't say too much, but it uh, would be with a very big label uh, and with a big name. Uh, I can't yeah, say too much about it. I want you but to be completely responsible. Be for bringing back Trance Vibes um, and 140 BPM. We need that for 2021. Oh, please, all right, yeah. Dale? <laughs> yeah. Don't you slow, if you slow that bitch down, you're in trouble. If that if that's any lower than 130, I'd maybe let you go down to 128. Do not go Tropical House on it. Oh, we are not friends anymore, Christoph. And uh, we'll not invite you back to Sunderland with Didi, okay. all right? Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. <laughs> I apologize already. Right, let me just tell, let me tell, what BPM have you got in mind for it? Where are you sitting? Well, I can explain. The, <laughs> the idea was actually, so uh, the IO one is a cover, yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I have another one that will be released later. I don't know what's going to happen now with the whole IO thing, but mm-hmm. the the idea is normally Marcus Schultz is yep. doing one version of it. Wow. But I, I asked him to do it in 2021. Mm-hmm. And if I would do another mix it would probably be something radio friendly yeah you know all depends who you work with you know you need to you need to consider their sound and all these yeah so and it's harder to get radio play than it's ever been because especially in the uk you've got three companies own all the radio stations uh and you've got nobody to to really approach so you're you're kind of it's a a difficult one to crack but luckily you've got people like like us doing our things trying to trying to do what we can to get you on air but um Christoph, you've been yeah, absolutely amazing. but that's amazing. the problem. That's why you need to work like with a really big current names. Yeah, it's it's the same with the urban stuff that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. You know, I can do urban, but who's gonna play it? You mm-hmm. know, so what you de- need to do is you team up with big names. You yeah. know, if you, if you team up with a Stormzy or you team up with with uh, with Dutch Valley and all these, at least you know you're gonna get airplay. Yeah, mm-hmm. aye. Um, and it's difficult. It's like it's, so. That's what this podcast is kind of. So at the moment, my current series winner is Lady Marmalade, which is like four powerhouses together. And it's like uh-huh. it's a it's such a contrast when you think in the noughties You know, everybody was fighting against each other, so there was battles of Britney yeah. versus Christina. To be was, honest, I still you know, I do like the original one. Yeah, oh, it is good. The yeah, original is yeah. very good. Um, but it's so it's so different to think in the noughties you know, people wouldn't necessarily work with each other. And then we saw Lady Marmalade and we're like, oh my God, they're all working together. And then in the noughties, yeah. you can't have a single by yourself. You know, or in 2020, you need, like you need four people on a track to, to sell yeah. anything or to get... Well, back in the days, that was my idea. I don't know if you... Nobody actually knows, but even with Ian Van Dahl, on the second album, mm-hmm. yeah, I actually was talking with ATB 
mm-hmm. with DJ Sami, you know, with the, all these guys. And yeah. the second album, I actually wanted to do like a collab album, mm-hmm. every track being with, with another big dance artist. Yeah, you predicted the future. <laughs> and the, the label didn't want to do it. Yeah. They said, yeah, but everybody wants to steal your sound. But they didn't, they weren't honest. They actually said, they actually wanted to say, well, we make less money. That's the only reason why they yeah. didn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I also had a deal with EA Games. All right, yeah. And they said, yeah. So I had actually, I was talking with them and I had to land a couple of tracks on the EA Games. And the label said, yeah, but who, who's playing video games? Gosh, mm, who's playing video games? Who's playing video? <laughs> Considering l- the last week's been dominated with people that cannot get a PlayStation Five, and there's more memes of a PlayStation Five available yeah. than actual consoles. There you go. But, right, you need to go and burn some calories before yeah, you have no your problem. lunch. <laughs> get yourself off to the gym, stinky. Okay. <laughs> Christoph, have thanks very day. much for joining us. I'll thanks, see you later, Christoph. On. Cheers. Love you. Bye. See bye. you soon. Bye. bye. There you go. Thanks to Christoph for chatting to us. Um, just joining us on the phone. Was he on his, was he on his farm with his goats, do you think? <laughs> I don't know. We, 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 we couldn't hear any on the phone call this one, but you've, no. you've spoken to him before, as you said, and you've, you've heard goats. Yes, uh, and he's done ghosts impressions while I've been on the phone <laughs> to him before, so I'm a bit gutted we don't have that. <laughs> oh, well, yes, we'll, we'll do more Ian Van Dalen in the years to come. Maybe we'll chat to him again, who knows? But uh, if you like that and you want to hear more, people like Christoph to come on the podcast and chat to us then do let us know Uh, between you and me we've been in the emails of certain people and we're trying to organise some bits and bobs for when this current series is finished in a few weeks time so yeah watch this space hopefully we'll have some big names to chat to hopefully yeah I'd like to think so Uh, Scott it's been a pleasure as always I will see you again next week for more Naughty Naughty. Oi, oi, thank you. And uh, take care of yourself, everyone. Stay inside, do, do your thing. Um, the, the sooner we can get over with this, the sooner we can go and see Steps, <laughs> the sooner we can go and see Five, if they're still kicking about. And there are three now, but um, that's, yeah, that's, that's fine. See ya. Bye. Bye.